Welcome or welcome back to the Two Brothers in Their Sports podcast. Our topics for this episode are the NFL's new 17-game schedule, our picks for each of the final four games of March Madness, Roy Williams retiring, MLB opening day power rankings, and finally, Andre Drummond going to the Lakers. But first, we discuss the NFL owners approving a 17-game NFL schedule and shortening the preseason to just three games. Like you said, 18-week season, 17 games played because there's a bye week. So, I think this is great news for fans. It's going to be more games, more actions, more records will be broken. Uh, it'll be, it'll just be a more fun season for the uh, fans. Now, the preseason is, uh, instead of four games, it's changed to three games. But this is, I mean, as a fan, this is going to be really nice being able to see a better, uh, just better overall things happening in the league. Uh, think it's more fun to watch. But for the players, they have to play an extra game. But they also make more money because these teams make clauses. Okay, if we make it to the playoffs, which usually it's 16 games. So if we make it to the playoffs, some people say, okay, if we make it to 17 games, if we play 17 games, you get an extra amount of money. But now that it's a 17-game season, if they make it to 17 games, which if they will, if they don't get hurt, they also make extra money. So the point is, now that the 17-game season is here, there's people that are making extra money for no reason, but it's a good thing for the players that they're making extra money, but they're going to have to play more. But for the fans, it's just going to be even more fun than it already is to watch. All right, so starting, I'll start. So basically, the majority of the NFL owners, because this was voted on by the owners, agreed to add a 17th game. 17th game, But the Bears owner declined a 17-game season. Now, we don't know why he hasn't talked in the public about it. It could be because the Bears are just bad and he doesn't want more um, to get ridiculed more. It could be something along those lines. We don't really know yet. But I just wanted to point that out. And additionally... Talking about the players like ours just was, players, they're going to be more exhausted. They're going to have to play 17 games, but they're paid the exact same. Dak Prescott is still paid $40 million. Patrick Mahomes is still paid $45 million. Unless they have now there are clauses. 17 years. I mean, for 17 games. I mean, there was never an incentive unless you make a deal now with 17 games. No, I mean, incentive as making 17 games because that would have meant I know, that's if you made the playoffs. No, that playoffs is not considered as the 17th game. The 17th game is in the regular season. But anyway, the the players play 16 games in the regular season, and then they could play one in the playoffs. Yes, that's true, but that's not the the 17th game does not add a playoff game. It's 17. The playoff game is usually a playoff game is the 17th game. No, that's called making the playoffs in a clause. They don't say 17 games. Okay, my point is that the players are being are getting more exhausted, but they're being paid the exact same to add one more game. That's what I mean. And Alvin Kamara thought this was a horrible idea. He said it in public. I just wanted to point that out as well. And also, about the preseason, a lot of people say, oh, well, the preseason doesn't really matter. But if you draft a rookie, that like, say, Jordan Love, and he's obviously he's not going to play this season or next or this last season he didn't play unless something happens to Aaron Rodgers. You don't get to see that rookie unless it's in the preseason. Now the preseason is shortened to three games. There's less time to get to see those rookies, and the starters 
get less time to get worked in. Like usually the starters play a quarter of the uh, fourth game and um, uh, half or three quarters of the fifth game. But now that's not going to happen. So the rookies don't get as much time to get acclimated to the NFL. If they're starting or if they're backing up, you don't get to really see what you're getting out of them. So that's my point. The men's NCAA tournament has been ongoing for the past two weeks with many upsets and thrillers. Now that we're in the final four, Arv, who do you have winning it all? Well, I'll start by evaluating all the games. So there's two games, Baylor versus number one Baylor versus number two Houston, and number one Gonzaga versus number two UCLA. Now UCLA shocked my pick, Michigan, by beating them in the final seconds. Michigan missed a, um, missed the final few goal. But Michigan, I mean, UCLA bowled through um, Alabama, then they bowled through Michigan. So, But now they're playing Gonzaga. I think their run stops. I have Gonzaga making the final. Um, and for the next game, the ba number one Baylor versus number two Houston, which I actually I should point out, UCLA is number 11 in the nation. So they're the lowest seed in the final four currently. And then number one Baylor versus number two Houston. Um, I see Houston coming out of this. Baylor... I said that they were turning the ball over before the tournament. They stopped that problem. But I think Houston can um, disrupt their passes a little bit, get some turnovers and points off turnovers, and out-rebound Baylor to get that win. And then that takes me to the finals, Houston versus Gonzaga. And um, a lot of people are saying the obvious choice here is Gonzaga, and I'm going to go with that. Drew, Timmy, the other senior, the two juniors, and Jalen Suggs. That's an unstoppable team. Now, if a lot of experts are saying that this is the – this is the team to go undefeated and win the championship, and I think that's going to happen. And so I don't many teams. I know, but the that. team, like in the next, like whatever, 10, 15, 20 years, they're going to really? be the team I right just, now. And I, I don't, I don't, I would agree with that. That, that this team has the best chance to do it right now. This team with their starting five, wait, with wait, their depth, they, has the best predict, chance to do it. How do they predict? Now, no one said that yet because that's too. You can't predict 15, 20 years. People that are literally kids right now, and what team they're gonna join on together? I'm not talking about no, that. I'm talking it's not, about this is the type of team to do it. You can you can't say that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm okay. saying that because Gonzaga is so deep, and the starters. So there couldn't be any so teams that are deep as deep as this team. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, I'm that's saying what you're saying. That in Gonzaga, the next 10, 20 years, there this team is gonna be the most deep out of any team because you're saying that it has no, the best. No, I'm chance. saying that Gonzaga has, has the like best chance because they're starting a good starting five. They have good depth, and and which teams and which teams in the future won't have that? I'm saying combined with their coach, their undefeated record, and their starters and their depth. I'm saying that right now, out of any team in the past, besides the teams that the teams that have gone undefeated and lost, I think this team has a better chance to go undefeated and win than those teams did going into the tournament. That I, is what I'm saying. I disagree with that. I think you're just saying that because they've already lost. But if they, if it, who's if, already lost? If both, if there was two undefeated teams, let's just say, if the, there was the teams that lost, the Kentucky team that lost in 2015, and the Gonzaga team, and I know you're going to say Gonzaga to prove your point, but let's just say they they were uh, just. I know they probably aren't in the right bracket to do that, but let's just say they faced off in the national championship. You wouldn't know which one to pick if. You had not made if you hadn't made a prediction. Which Kentucky are you talking about? The, the Kentucky, Kentucky with Anthony Davis. The Kentucky in twenty fifteen that went undefeated, but then lost to Wisconsin, who then lost to Duke in the finals. No, I think no. You're just saying that because to prove your point. But what I'm saying is, it's because those teams have. Did Kentucky lost. have 
Did Kentucky have Jalen Suggs? Did Kentucky have Drew Timmy? Did they have this depth? Did they have this yes. starting lineup? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes, they have. All right. Who do you have winning in this tournament? Uh, Reevaluating right now. Okay, I have Baylor beating Houston, and I have Gonzaga beating UCLA. Though UCLA, if there's any team that could pull out this upset, it's the 11th seed, UCLA. And why? I, because, like you said, the depth and stuff, but it's not about that all. They went from losing their first, their last four to going being the first four, like to the people to go in, the first four to go in the tournament, to making it to the final four as an, elev as an 11th seed. Now, I think... They have beat so many great teams. They're on a hot streak. And Gonzaga could be caught overconfident. Maybe that might not happen. Maybe it will happen. But we don't know yet. But I have Gonzaga winning, as most people would, on 1 versus 11. But obviously, it could. anything could happen. It's March Madness on 11 versus 1. But I have Gonzaga and Baylor winning. And then in the finals, I have Gonzaga winning. Like you said, I believe they're the best team in this tournament. But not... In all the teams that have gone undefeated into the Final Four and lost, I don't believe that. Even if Gonzaga wins, I don't believe that they're the best team. All right. I'm just saying that they they are the best team in this tournament. I, I agree with that. I'm just saying that they have the best chance to pull out an undefeated uh, victory than most teams that lost already. That's what I mean. Going into the tournament, the teams that had lo before they had lost, going into the tournament, this Gonzaga team, I think, has the best chance to pull off an undefeated national championship win, and they've never won in the history of the program. There have been many coaches in men's basketball history, few greater than Roy Williams, who just walked away from UNC after coaching for 48 years. Arsh, what does this mean to you, and what do you think about him retiring? First of all, I want to congratulate him on a great career. He's been, he's been one of the best coaches of all time, I rank him top five. Only uh, Dean Smith, Bobby Knight, maybe um, Coach K, obviously John Wooden, and he. I mean, he's he's one of the best of all time. Obviously, he's definitely top ten. I, there's no way you could say he's not. But he's one of the best coaches of all time. Um, he's a very good person. Um, we um, we've seen him in person. He's a very very polite man and he really, humble definitely humble yeah too. and yeah and he really deserved the success he's gotten um he's probably one of the one of the few people that i can say has achieved this um, like this much success but still one of the best people i've ever met um and he's number three all time in round one draft picks and number three all time in ncaa coach wins so i mean he like i said one of the best all time congratulations on a great career and i hope you have an even better retirement i agree roy williams uh, he's number like i said number three all time in ncaa coach wins and number three all time in round one draft picks which shows uh to his success that he had and a lot of those uh round one draft picks are one and done so he's really coached them up to the level that they've gotten to be and not only that, he played fifty. He coached fifteen years um, with the Kansas City Jayhawks and then thirty-three years with UNC. I think he won four national championships with UNC. Been to the Final Four numerous times. Same with the Kansas City Jayhawks. I think two or three times with them. 
So a lot of people forget about the success he had with Kansas, and he had great success, really brought that program, you could argue, to the beginning of what it is today and the powerhouse that it is. But like Gar said, a great, great uh, coach, um, very humble. We, like I said, we met him in person. Um, he is a very, very nice person. He's easygoing. He, um, he doesn't think he's above anyone else, which um, I, I know I appreciate. Arsh probably appreciates that too. Um, of course. And he's such a great coach. Uh, in addition to that, and such a great person as well. I just I wish him so much luck in his retirement, and hopefully he has a better retirement than he had coaching, which is saying something. But a lot of people that are, I mean, I can speak for myself and Arsh, we're both Duke fans, um, but, and you, you always see the rival between Roy Williams and Coach K, but walking, Roy Williams walking away from this, it's just, you, you never want to see it, but I mean, he, it was his time, he thought it was time to get, um, to uh, wrap it up and retire. So um, obviously we respect his decision. And like I said, the best in retirement to you, Coach Williams. MLB opening day was yesterday and many games took place. Here are our MLB rankings. So my number one, as many people have, is the Los Angeles Dodgers with a obviously signing Trevor Bauer in free agency. Mookie Betts made a huge impact. Corey Seager, um, uh, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Clayton Kershaw, all those great players. They have great pitching, great uh, batting and offense, so I have them number one. Number two is the Yankees, but only only if they stay healthy. They had the most players on IR at any one time in MLB history last year, and um, including uh, Aaron Judge, Stanton, Torres, uh, a bunch of other players, Aaron Hicks. So if they get all those players healthy, this is a con uh, potential number two. Only if these players stay healthy, they're number two. And and then Garrett, they obviously got Garrett uh, Garrett Cole. They got and like I mentioned, Lema they re-signed Lemayu and Luke Voigt. So they they have a great team and great batting. They just need to work on their pitching a little bit. And if they get that down, um, obviously Tanaka left. But if they get that down with um, with uh, Garrett Cole and their their rotation, they'll be good. And number three, my final is, I I was having trouble putting either the Mets or the Padres here, and I had to go with the Padres, um, just because they got Blake Snell, a Cy Young winner, in free agency, and signed uh, Tatis Jr. to that massive deal. If you haven't checked out that segment um, a couple of weeks ago, make sure you check that out. They have Darvish, they got Musgrove, they still have him. Great team. Um, obviously, Fernando Tatis is the anchor of their um, offense, and. Blake Snell now is the anchor of their defense so and in their pitching. So great team, I have them number three. So Dodgers, Yankees, Padres for me. Number one, I have the Dodgers. Like you said, they have so many great players. Bellinger, Betts, uh, Kershaw, um, Seager. I mean, they're just stacked, of course. Um, and then I have the Yankees actually in second. They have Judge, Stanton, uh, Urshela, Torres, Luke Voigt, who is the home run leader. Uh, Corey Kluber, they just got. They have Garrett Cole. They have Gary Sanchez, who had a home run yesterday. So, just their stack, too. But let's. I'll go over why I have the Yankees second and the Dodgers first. Really, the, Dodger, the Dodgers are projected over 100, um, 100 wins. Yankees, almost 100 wins. If, but if their players stay healthy. Yeah, and that's the problem. I would rank the Yankees first, but their players just don't stay healthy. If they stay healthy, they'll be probably one of the most 
one of the most dominant uh, teams in all of the MLB, but they don't. And the Dodgers do stay relatively healthy. They're the clear-cut one and twos, and the Yankees would be number one, but they just can't stay healthy. My number three is the Padres, but it would have been the Rays. The Rays? Yeah, the Rays, because of Randy Rosarina. He's going to win Rookie of the Year, and he almost won MVP in his first year, and he may win MVP. Cause Wait, what do you mean Rookie of the Year? He played last year. Yeah, but last year it didn't really count because he played half the season, and he's projected to win Rookie of the Year by so many people. Just from his performance last year, it's really, really going to be insane how good he's going to be this year. So why do you have the Padres 3 then and not the Mets or, or the Braves? Because Fernando Tatis, I believe, is a little bit better than a Rosarino right now. And Only a little bit. I would consider him like top five in the league right now. No, I would have to say it's a Rosarina. But if, like, once a Rosarina gets older and he gets more experience, it might actually be a Rosarina. I don't know right now. Both of them are really young. But anyway, I just believe that the Padres have a better lineup than the Rays, even though the Rays did make the playoffs. The Padres had a good free agency. They will have a good draft. They have good prospects. So I'll just have to go with the Rays. All right, so you I heard mean, it. Sorry, the Padres. Yeah, the Padres. All right, so you heard it here. Um, Dodgers, Yankees, Padres for both of us. Let us know what you guys think in the comments down below. With LeBron James and Anthony Davis out, Andre Drummond went to the Lakers and will provide an anchor for them. And our, what we think is that, well, first I'll start with what I think. LeBron, with LeBron out and Anthony Davis out, which is what I just, like I just said, and Anthony Davis is probably going to come back next week or so. But Andre Drummond can be a starting center for them. And this was when they actually acquired him. Now, he got injured in the first quarter and stayed until halftime after Brook Lopez stepped on him and his toenail was taken off. But I just think right when they acquired him, it was a good move. He's only 27. So, again, a very, very good move. And he, he I think one game he had 22 rebounds for the Pistons or something crazy like that. So he can get your rebounds, he can anchor your defense, he's a good shot blocker. So a great player, only 27, I, I need to stress that. You think he's a lot older, but he's not. So that's that's all good for him. Now, there is a twist to this. So Jeannie Buss uh, posted a pic picture of um, her dad welcoming Kareem, and then besides she put her welcoming Andre. That's Which, what I was going to yeah. say. So I mean, I don't think... That Andre is even close to Kareem. That's just outrageous. at all. But I, I get that part, and I, that's what I, I think. I don't think she was comparing Andre to Kareem. She just wanted to welcome in a big player for the Lakers at that time, comparing to her dad welcoming in Kareem, who was a big player for the Lakers at that time. They are not, I, I, in my opinion, she is not comparing Kareem to uh, Andre. She's showing a big move that he pulled off. So, Getting Andre from the Cavs, um, I mean, he was always the clear-cut. The Lakers were always a clear-cut favorite. or it, it was either the Lakers or the Nets. And so Lakers went to the Nets, and Andre went to the Lakers. So in my opinion, this is a great move, and it'll help out a lot with LeBron James being injured. Yeah, and I'll just talk about the Andre Drummond-Kareem uh, part. So Kareem in college was probably the most dominant college player ever. And yeah, he played yeah, three he years did. varsity because they wouldn't allow him in his freshman year. He went to the national championship and won it three times. Three times, all three times. They he, changed the dunk rule yep, for him. He enforced the dunk rule. Then he gets drafted, and with the Milwaukee Bucks, 